Hey everyone, welcome back to Should I Call a Therapist? I'm Jane Margaret. I was just watching Fortune Feimster's latest stand-up special called Good Fortune. It's on Netflix. Hilarious. And in it, she's telling the story of her engagement, which made me realize I don't think I've shared. I've I've told it a few times, but I don't think I've really shared the story of my engagement to Bryce that much. And it leading up to it is so hysterical. So we are we met in 2016. We met on Bumble in 2016. I had been dating the Laos and but, but short amount of time, three to four months. I was dating the Laos and had no intentions of any kind of future. I I didn't really have intentions of future with anyone. I had the cutest little house and I had a great life and job, everything everything was going great. So I I thought, "Oh, I'll date anybody, but I don't foresee a future with anyone." So I'm dating the Laos. He lived extremely close to me, had his own house. He was such a slob inside his house that I knew I would never share a home with him even, like beyond marriage. I wouldn't even move in with that guy. But I mean, again, we'd only dated three or four months. But every time you're dating someone, you're always looking into, at least me, I'm always looking into the future to see, okay, what's going to happen? I knew at the last nothing was going to happen, but I was perfectly happy dating him. And I had my little dog, and so we were at my house and he was at his and that was perfectly fine with me. But anyway, um, he breaks up with me one day. He totally, he broke up with me, which it was kind of on the downhill swing. But when he broke up with me, I was so stupid. And he says, it's inevitable. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's inevitable. And I didn't say this out loud. This this is inside dialogue. But the internal dialogue was, yeah, I know it's inevitable. But I was supposed to break up with you. (laughs) I cannot believe you're breaking up with me. Anyway, I think he was dating someone else. And (laughs) she was pressing him to ditch me so they could date further. So and I think they're probably still together. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. He did me a favor. I reached out to a friend of his, a a girlfriend of a friend of his that he had introduced me to. And I really liked her. But she and I were on the same mental wavelength. And so I said, you won't believe this. Or maybe you will. But the Laos broke up with me. And I cannot even believe it. She's like, don't sweat it, girl. Here's the rule. The rule of thumb in breakups is you can mourn the loss. You get two days for the number of months. No, two days per month that you dated. I'm like, oh my gosh. So if we dated four months, I only get eight days to mourn. Done. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I kid you not. On the 10th day, I... I, I I promise I'm not making this part. This is facts. On the 10th day after breaking up on Bumble, I connected with my current now husband and 
so we chatted for a minute and I'd heard, I, and, and, oh, I was new to Bumble. I was, I had never been on any online dating app before. I signed up for my, I signed up for the account and deleted it about 15 times in those 10 days because I kept seeing clients. So I, I sell title insurance for my full-time job and my clients are realtors and lenders and I kept seeing realtors and lenders that I knew on the um, dating apps. So I was like, oh, gross. I do not want to run into these people. Number one, I do not want to date them. Number two, I don't want them to know I'm even single or interested or any of that. That's so embarrassing. So I kept deleting my profile. And then I'd go back on. Then I'd delete it. And then go back on. Anyway, in a moment of activity, like an active profile, and also... <laughs> My radius of my, my potential radius that I was interested in dating was so small. I think it was a five mile radius. I did not want to put myself out in any way, shape or form. But also, I mean, if you're geographically undesirable, it wouldn't have worked anyway. So that seems so silly to cast such a wide net. And I didn't care enough to cast a wide net. So, and don't forget, I mean, the Laos lived just a few blocks. So that was extremely geographically desirable. When I tell you the story about Run Club, then you'll understand how we met because we met. I'll say we we didn't meet at Run Club, but we met during Run Club. The man was on a date and I intercepted him. But that's not for today's story. It's a good one, but it's not for today. So, but he lived blocks away. He was definitely geographically desirable. So I wanted the next person. I didn't need him that close. I'd like him to be a little bit outside my neighborhood, but um, I wanted him close by. So I think I had a five mile radius and Bryce today jokes that he must have been passing through my nearest intersection <laughs> running errands. And that's how we met because, and he just happened to be on the app at that time because there's just no way in real life that we should have met. But we did. We connected within the 10 days of uh, the Laos dumping me. And I had heard that if you go on apps, that so many people then become pen pals. And first they start talking within the app and then they switch to texting and then they might talk on the phone. And I'm in this amount of time, I'm saying that weeks, possibly a month has passed and these people have never met in person. They're only speaking on these apps. And so I'd heard probably on the Today Show that that was a fallacy of online dating. I think Millionaire Matchmaker said it too. So I knew not to do that. So we started chatting. I I had a vague um, understanding of who he was. I didn't really know much about him. And it didn't matter because I would meet him on the date. So in my mind, I'm like, let's just get to the stupid date. You can tell me anything you want online. You can tell me anything you want in text. That's going to be crazy. Let's meet. So I, oh, on Bumble, the woman, y'all probably already know this, but on Bumble, the lady has to make the first move. So we connected 
And I liked his profile picture. I liked all of his pictures, all that good stuff. I had a very discerning eye with online dating. So I wasn't screwing around with, I I wouldn't even swipe on someone that I wasn't going to be interested in. I didn't do any of those um, people that had too many women in their pictures. I didn't do anybody that had too much adventure in their pictures. I didn't, I ruled out more people than I ever took in. And, I mean, it was a very calculated move. I was not going to waste my time. I didn't care about getting married. I did care about wasting time. If I'm going to leave my house, if I'm going to leave Kevin, my little dog, I am going to make even two hours count. So, when I swiped for Bryce, I knew, I well, <laughs> I can't tell you this. His name was Bryce, and I was like, a uh, little nouveau <laughs> for me, but... I mean, my name's Jane, my sister's Kate, my brother's Louie, um, Phil, Mary. Like, we're very, very uh, traditional people. Bryce is a little nouveau for me. Also, he went to the universe. Oh, he went to um, Texas A&M. And I went to Texas Tech. And so I'm like, ah. My dad had always told me, always since I was a young kid, Never date an Aggie, which is Texas A&M. Never date an Aggie. They, and this is what he said. And he really was looking out for me, even in his nuttiness. He, overgeneralizing, they possess their women. And my dad never wanted any of his children, especially his daughters, to be a possession of their spouse. So he didn't want me to be the little woman at home doing the cooking, doing the cleaning, being um, unappreciated and unrecognized inside the household. He He wanted his children to be equals within the house. And I think that was a great way to lead us and tell us. But in his way, he overgeneralized it and he said, never date an Aggie. So this one's an Aggie. And so then on Bumble... You have, the woman has to reach out first. The guy can't reach out. So we both match and then I'm responsible for doing the talking. So I said, my dad says, never trust an Aggie. Lucky for you, I never listened to my dad. And then he wrote back and we chatted a little bit. And then real quick, I said, when do you want to get together? And he said, oh, I'm free on Thursday. I mean, this was probably Monday. And he said, I'm free on Thursday. And I said, okay, great. And then I matched with another person who said they were free on Thursday. And I said, okay, me too. Because I just thought, oh, whichever one made the best man win. One guy said, where do you live? And so I gave him a generality. And he said, okay, well, let's pick a place close to you. The other one Picked a place that was like um, in a cool spot of town, way out, like in the foothills of town. But um, let's go here. I think we know which one I went with. I went with the one that said, let's go close to your house. Let's, you know, we'll pick a spot close to your house. So that was Bryce. So the only online date, I matched with a few people. I talked to a few people, but the only online date I ever went on was with Bryce. And he said, where do you live? I gave him a generality. We met there. 
And it was a place I'd never been before, and I did always want to go. And so I was real excited to go there. And I park at a parking meter. And, um, I oh, I drove there because I was thinking, I'm going to be here one hour. I'm going to be away from my little dog, Kevin. I don't have a sitter for him because... I just, I wanted to just leave him home. That gave me a reason to go home. My dog and I are very codependent. It's really lessened since Bryce, but, and really the laughs helped too, but since Bryce, but it's really lessened. And if you knew me, if you know me right now and you're like, it's lessened. Yeah, it's actually lessened. This is, um, separation, but in the beginning, during this time in 2016, oh my gosh, it was so bad. So anyway, drive there. I'm going to be there an hour. Go meet him and park at a parking meter. We're there two hours. Talk, 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 talk. I mean, it was like someone that I hadn't seen since high school. I mean, we are just catching up. Literally, we are catching up on our lives all the way back. It was so I guess it was kind of weird. It was so comfortable that I'm not, I don't know how I felt there. Well, I do know how I felt there. I kind of wanted to escape out of the bathroom window because I got scared because it felt so comfortable. And I, I can't exactly articulate what that feels like or what that's like, but it, it was, it wasn't like a, uh, butterflies or, and I mean, I, I, he does listen to this podcast, so I'm sorry that he's hearing this, except that I think it's such a compliment, and I mean it only as a compliment, in that it wasn't butterflies or like, oh my gosh, let's go in the parking lot and, you know, jump. I don't know, gross. But it was so comfortable and so um, literally like we were catching up. Like I hadn't seen him in five years and let's find out where have you been and where have I been. And not not stupid. Like, we didn't relive gross, you know, like, we talked a little bit about our exes and our divorces. But we also just talked about Broncos and about Texas and college. I don't know. It was, it was really nice. I had a fabulous time on the first date. So two hours happened. And I said, oh, I have to go. And I did kind of want to go because, I mean, you should never stay at a first date too long. So I thought, okay, this is super comfortable and you could stay here all night. But also you shouldn't over drink and you shouldn't stay too long. So that's great. So it's time to go. So I said, oh, I need to go. My parking meter's up. Got to go. And he's like, oh, um, what car is it? I got to pay my meter too. And so I told him which car. And he went out, paid my parking meter, paid his parking meter. I couldn't believe it. What a gentleman. Paid my parking meter, paid his, came back in. We stayed two more hours. So I had four beers. Oh, I really wanted wine, but I didn't want to run up the bill because that that seems rude too. So I um, got beer. Um, There was this new beer that I had just had recently, and they had it on tap. And for some reason that day, it tasted so good. So not for some reason, because I was having a great time, but it tasted so good. So I had four of those, (laughs) four beers, and then it's time to leave. And um, 
We'd been there four hours. So, oh, so then the next round. So the parking meter is two hours each time. So we were there two hours. Then we stayed longer, another two hours. Finally, I said, I have got to go. We got there at five. And now it's nine. And I said, I have to leave. I have to go home. And went out and I did have a parking ticket. Oh, couldn't believe it. I mean, after all that, he tried so hard. But that second two hours, we, I think they were on to me. And they were probably staying close by. And that place is notorious for getting parking tickets. And so um, I did get one. But it was worth it. It was super fun. So anyway, second date, third date, whatever. We never once broke up. Like we were date From the minute of that first date, we were together. And we both knew we were together. I was a little more serious than he was because I just... I. It was so weird. I wasn't that interested in being serious with anyone. But then with him, I really was. I guess that's a great sign. But it was a little much for him. So we date um, one year. And then it's going to be the second year. I think I have this right. Yeah, we met in 2016. So now it's getting to 2018. And I'm thinking, seems like we should get engaged. Like, we're together. We are we now we own a house together. Seems like we should get engaged. So um in um May no, I'm sorry. So we met our very first date. Sorry, I had to collect my thoughts there for a second, but in September so we met September twenty second, twenty sixteen. On twenty September 22nd was going to be a Saturday. So very early in the year, I realized this. And I told him, I, and I mean, we were, we owned a house together by now. And I, I had rented out my house that I had bought. He had sold his house that he had owned. And I mean, we, we were on a forward trajectory. This was not, presumptuous by any means and but I said September 22nd of 2018 in the current year is a Saturday wouldn't it be awesome if our wedding anniversary was the same day as the day we met and he's like yeah it'd be great but that's like I don't remember how many months but let's say five months away that's like five or six months away we cannot get that organized we cannot get organized that fast I'm not ready. I don't, I don't want to. I was furious. And that started off my campaign of just being furious. So like January, that was probably January. And I knew in September, so maybe 10 months. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it. And I think essentially, like now looking back on it, of course, anybody could put a wedding together that fast. And our wedding wasn't that elaborate or anything that we could have absolutely put our wedding together in that amount of time. But I think being told when to do it and how to do it bothered him. And it's more of like, no, this is going to be my idea and I'll do it when I want to. I'm sure we talked about it then. I don't exactly remember now because we are married now. But anyway, he was not going to have this September 22nd wedding that I thought we should have. So that was out the window. Um, 
April, (laughs) April of 2018, little Kevin, my codependent dog, breaks his back. And I have a friend named Matt who has watched Kevin forever, like since the day Matt was with me when I got Kevin from the lady that I got him from. He drove me there and we picked up Kevin, not together, but in his mind, yes, together. So he's always felt a smidge of um, ownership and obligation, except financially or, I mean, he's never bought an ounce of dog food for this dog, but he is completely enmeshed with the dog. And when we leave town, Kevin is at Matt's house. And even when we don't leave town, Kevin goes and hangs out at Matt's house. So they have a different relationship. And Kevin had been at Matt's house. Kevin broke his back. Although none of us realized what had happened. But Kevin, I, we go to pick up Kevin because we're leaving for the mountains. And Matt goes, something's wrong with your dog. I'm like, okay. He was like, I don't know. He's just not himself. And Kevin was four at the time. So through the course of the weekend, we realize Kevin has broken his back. We take him to um, veterinarians in the mountains. We have to rush him back to Denver. It turns out he needs an expensive back surgery. He's a dachshund. He needs an expensive back surgery to fix his back. I realize I do not have the finances for this. Not only that, but also I don't believe this is going to... <laughs> Once again, I feel like it's every every other episode that I'm like, I guess I'm going to get canceled this episode. But I don't want to get canceled. I just am a realist. I don't spend in an excess of $10,000 on a dog that no offense to the dog, but he's going to eventually die. Like dogs do have a lifespan and it is much shorter than a human and they don't work. They don't run for office. They're not humanitarians. They don't contribute to society. I understand that Kevin is a fabulous contributor to our family but what's the cost what's the cost basis of that so anyway i'm a realist i find out how much the surgery is going to cost and i start telling kevin goodbye thank you so much for being my dog oh it was gut wrenching i i he was only 4 i loved you so much i've always loved you thank you so much you got me through my single days And you and I are best friends. We're best dog friends. All that. Totally thanked him for being my dog. Bryce looks at him and says, don't worry, buddy. We're going to save you. (laughs) I'm like, what? And I said, Bryce, I can't do this. So then we have to go home. He calls his dad. Because, again, don't forget, we all live in the same house. We leave Kevin at the animal hospital. We have 24 hours to decide. We go home, we call Bryce's dad, and I listen in on the conversation because I wanted to know. I mean, Bryce and I are not engaged, we are not married, and I don't understand what's happening. And Bryce says to his dad, this is what's happened to Jane's dog, she loves him very much, and this is how much it's going to cost, 
she has half, I have half. Do you think we should do this or do you think we should say goodbye to the dog? The dad says, I think you should do it. Well, when he said that, and I did have half, I just didn't have the whole thing. And it was my dog. So to me, I'm thinking, this is my dog. This is my responsibility. Okay, if they're telling me we should do this and Bryce is going to pay half and I'm paying half, then I guess I'm in. So we go back to the animal, or I guess I just called the doctor and said, okay, we're going to do it. Well, it turns out Bryce had already signed the financial papers and we were doing it anyway. So he just wanted me to hear his dad give the A-OK. So anyway, dog gets back surgery. This is April. Here comes May. May 21st, we're at our house in the mountains. Um, We had this little condo in Steamboat. And Kevin is now recovered. You wouldn't even know that he had ever even had back surgery. It was four weeks later. It's the strangest thing. And we're in our, the mountains. We're going to, you know, spend the weekend there. It's so fun. And um, May 21st, Bryce and I go to dinner at the steakhouse and um, called the Ore House. It's not even a fancy steakhouse. This is not E3. This is not fancy steakhouse. This is just a, it's a step up from the Sizzler, but I mean, it's a local steakhouse with one of those um, salad bars and all of this. But don't forget, I had already been set on this September 22nd wedding in 2018. We're now in May 21st. And... I don't exactly understand what's going on. We've been to Spain. We've been all these great places. I just don't know. We've gotten this dog's back fixed. We own house. And we now own multiple properties together. It all seemed weird. Anyway, we're sitting at the steakhouse. And maybe it was the wine. Maybe it was the iceberg lettuce. Ranch dressing. I turned to him. I turned to Bryce on this night at this place. And I said, Bryce... I don't think we need an elaborate engagement. I don't know what you're, you know, like what punches you want to pull. And I wasn't saying it ugly. I just meant like, I don't know what type of story you want to tell later about our engagement, but I don't need all that. I don't need fanfare. I don't need sky riding. Please do not ask me to marry you at a stadium on the Jumbotron. Um, I have no idea what in the future you're cooking up, but this is a fabulous place. Not the Ore House, but Steamboat. But this is a fabulous place. We love it here. We love our place. We love our little walks. We love all of our stuff, our little hiking trails and all this. Like, this is a great spot. I love it here. And he's like, yeah, I love it here too. I hear what you're saying and I know what you mean, but please don't worry about it. This this isn't even a conversation for now, so don't worry about it. Tears well up in my eyes. And and this wasn't a drinking night. I mean, it was a, I don't know what day of the week it is, but I think it was a Tuesday. It was either a Monday or a Tuesday. It was early in the week. And this wasn't like a drinking night, but tears still welled up in my eyes because I just thought, I don't know what's going on here, but I just want this family to happen. And... I don't want 
elaborate. I just pictured him ready for elaborate, and I didn't want it. All the stories he had ever told me, I just wasn't positive. Anyway, so um, that's fine. In the dinner, I mean, we got along the whole time. It was never a fight or anything like that. Just he just said, you know, it's going to be how it is, and I never want to be told what to do and when to do. And this is kind of, this is my pleasure and my joy whenever I decide to ask. And you'll just have to see what happens. Like, okay. And not knowing the ending is my downfall. And and almost every, every story and every fact in my life, like every instance in my life is about me trying to figure out the end. So he was right in saying, let go, just let go. And almost like that, that saying like, let go and let God, like it's, it's the same thing, no matter what you believe is just let go. You can't control it. So find out when it happens. Anyway, we get home and, and we still had a fabulous night. You know, I love lettuce and I love those little, it's a good restaurant, even though I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm bagging on it right now, but it's, it's really good restaurant. We had a great time. I think we had a I think we had, I think they have a um decently priced bottle of Jordan at that restaurant. I think it was a nice night. So anyway, um we get home and it's still nine o'clock hour and he said, Hey, tomorrow do you want to go for our walk? Yeah, at lunchtime. And he said, I have to be online for work um early, you know, throughout the morning, but I have time about eleven thirty if you want to go for our walk. And we always have this little walk that we do. And we're always trying to concentrate on moving our bodies and all that. So I thought, yeah, 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 of course. Go to bed, wake up in the morning, talk to my friend India on the telephone almost all morning. Like, I think we were on the phone like an hour and a half. And finally, he comes in and I had been in the bedroom and I was doing my work like with my laptop in the, you know, in the bedroom. And he was out in the living room. It's a really small condo that we had in Steamboat. But um, he comes in and he's like, hey, are you going to be ready soon? I have a break in the day. I can go at 11 instead of 11.30. Yeah, sure. So get off the phone with her. And I put on like exercise clothes, get Kevin ready. And I mean, Kevin had broken his back one hour. I mean, I'm sorry, one month prior, but he can go on this walk with us. Like that's how fixed he was. It was so miraculous. So we go on our walk. It's called um, Fish Creek Falls. So if you're familiar with Steamboat, that's a very um, high traveled, it's one mile high traveled um, uh, hike, but it's paved. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's highway. So that's what we call it when it's just people, people, people. So, um, get there and Bryce is a smidge off but Bryce is always a smidge off so (laughs) I really didn't think too much about it and normally we go lower but he said hey um let's go higher let's go to the upper there's a lower falls and an upper falls oh it's a um waterfall and so you can either go to the bottom of the waterfall or you can walk up and go to the top of the waterfall and there had been a large group maybe like 20 people right ahead of us and they were going low. So I knew why he would want to go up because why would we want to get involved in all those people? 
So, okay, yeah, sure. So we go up and we get there and we're looking at the falls as we always do and um, standing there. And all of a sudden I look over and he is down on one knee at the Fish Creek Falls. And I looked at him and I said, is this now? Is this now? Is this now? I probably said it five times. Is this now? I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. So he gives me his speech. And, and I mean, he had planned it all out. And, of course, he got going too fast and muffed it. But, which we laugh about today. I, I'm not speaking out of turn when I say that because... We always say like, oh, he had the most beautiful speech. And I was excited for the speech. And then, <laughs> and then, oh, one thing you don't know is that my original wedding ring from my first husband was not real. It was a cubic zirconia in the middle. And he, when he asked me to, well, he didn't ask me to, anyway, this is a that's too much to go into right now. Place hold that and remember that that was a cubic zirconia. I had never had a diamond ring as an as a what engagement ring, wedding ring, any of it. I'd never had a diamond ring. And so Bryce gives me this diamond ring. And when I had t- ever told him, you know how you when you're dating so we were dated 2 years. When we were dating and you tell the guy what you want. I used to put my cell phone on my hand and I'm like, I want this. (laughs) And he's like, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm like, nope, that's what I want. I want this. Basically the size of a cell phone on your hand. And I have very small hands. (laughs) It's going to take up the whole thing. So anyway, he got me a beautiful ring, emerald cut, gorgeous. And all he kept saying was, it's insured. It's totally insured. I've already have it insured. And I felt like he almost gave me the policy note. Like he was so nervous and he was just rattling off. It's already insured. USAA. (laughs) So so cute. So anyway, um, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe. And then he reminded me, remember last night? Remember dinner when you were chastising me about we should get engaged in Steamboat? Why are you making things so complicated? Gotcha. And I'm like, yeah, you did get me. And then it also went back to Kevin and the surgery. Because one month prior, my dog needed an expensive surgery. And I was willing to say goodbye. And I totally understood that I don't spend money on dogs and I could do it. But Bryce knew we were getting engaged the next month. He already had the ring. And, or if he didn't have the ring, he already had his plans set. And so he called his dad for his dad's approval, but his dad already knew all of his plans. And so it was almost like a setup, but in a cute way. But Bryce knew that he could not get the dog the surgery, or at least help with the dog's surgery. And then asked me to marry him one month later. That would have been in terrible poor taste. And I don't, I don't, maybe it would have been in um, like, oh, isn't that beautiful? He's going to cheer her up. 
with this engagement. Like, it could have gone that way, and maybe it could have gone that way. I'm super happy it didn't, because Kevin's alive today. Kevin was four then, and he's about to turn nine. So, I mean, I'm very thrilled to have Kevin, and I don't even remember spending that money today. But at the time, it was painful to spend the money, and it is so wild, those turn of events. The surgery, approving that money, and then that horrible dinner when I said, just keep it simple, stupid. And then turns out his whole plan was to keep it simple, stupid. I mean, I was going to botch. The fact that he still asked me the following day is amazing. The reason why he did it on November 22nd, I mean, I'm sorry, May 22nd, was because it was the 22nd. So we met September 22nd. And then he asked me on May 22nd. We didn't get married on the 22nd, but that's okay. We got married when the venue could take us. But um, it's just amazing. It's amazing that he still did it. It's amazing that he took that off of me. And that's how we all know that I married the very right guy. And I absolutely love him. And what a wild ride. I mean... If that wasn't foreshadowing into his home life, <laughs> I don't know what was. If he acts shocked today, if he's ever talking to one of you and he acts shocked that I'm trying to control things within the house, then you better remind him of May 21st, 2018. He needs to remember the or house, dinner at the or house. <laughs> She's always been controlling. Anyway. I mean, another illustration of, should I call a therapist? How do these people put up with me? I adore all of you. I love my husband. And thank you so much for listening. And hopefully for many of you, that's a first, like of my dear friends that listen. I think that's the first time you've probably ever heard that story. And I don't tell that one much, much probably because I'm embarrassed. But also, I mean, I acted like an animal. And if he was here to fill in the gaps, it would be way more um, colorful. I'm giving it the revisionist history version. <laughs> so anyway, I love you guys. I'll chat soon. Take care.